Hey guys, it's Will Gadara. Still here, in the same room, wearing the same shirt. A reminder, every week we're going to come together and we're going to share stories about the restaurant industry and our community across America and around the world. Stories that left us inspired or simply just made us smile. And so here we go. Welcome back to Weekly Specials. It's the weekly specials. Weekly specials. Good news coming at you. Okay, let's dig right in. First, a story about our friend Ellen Bennett and her apron company, Headley and Bennett. A few weeks ago, they pivoted and in a single day transformed their factory from making aprons to making face masks, making the commitment that for every mask sold, they would donate one to hospitals, medical workers, and first responders. And in the time since, they've donated over 100,000 masks. It's incredible. But a lesser story is one right here in my backyard, New York City, about a couple, Xavier Iriarte and his wife, Mildred Garcia, who worked in restaurants for the past eight years, always with the dream of starting their own company. Earlier this year, they did exactly that, starting Destiny Apron. But a month later, Corona hit. Unwilling to let their dream die, though, they also pivoted and started making masks. And in fact, their masks were so good that they secured a contract with the city of New York to sell them 5,000 masks a week for three weeks. With that, they were able to contract out work to 30 people who are now making masks in their apartments around the city, Queens, Staten Island, the Bronx, etc. Of those 30, nearly all worked in restaurants until they lost their jobs, and most of whom were uneligible for unemployment. So in this one move, not only did they keep their company alive, but they provided a livelihood for a lot of people during a time they needed it most. It's extraordinary. They're now working on custom masks for restaurants for when we are all allowed to eventually reopen, and they can be found at destinyapron.com. Another story, this one from Philadelphia. A lot of us are missing working the floor, and too many people have just accepted that if you're doing delivery, you can't do that anymore. Except for one. The owner of a restaurant, Apricot Stone, in Philadelphia, decided that regardless of what was going on in the world, he still wanted to touch tables. And so every day, before a meal is delivered to someone's home, he FaceTimes them. He has music playing in the background. He has a bottle of water in his hand. He spiels the menu, goes over all of it. And then a while later, when they're about done, he FaceTimes them again, just to check back in and see if they enjoyed. Talk about recreating the guest experience when it doesn't feel like it's even a possibility. And then (laughs) we have our friends at Noma. Okay, listen, everyone's doing these GoFundMe pages where they're raising money for their staff. It's extraordinary. But Noma, being Noma, okay, they can't just be happy being the best restaurant in the world. They need to break the rules here too. So not only are they raising money for all the people that work there now, but they're raising money for everyone that's worked there over the past 17 years. Come on, Renee. Come on, Renee. It's amazing. It's just unreasonable generosity. And it's why I love you guys. Those are just a few of the stories from this week. During a week where there were so many good ones. 
And we're about to jump into another one, a really good one, in this week's Deep Dive. Deep Dive. Today, we're taking a deep dive into a grassroots initiative from one brewery and the beer world's incredible response. Now, there's a lot we don't know during this crisis, but we do know two things. One, the hospitality industry is in dire, dire straits. And two, People are drinking a lot more than usual. So with both of those things in mind, an independent craft brewery in Brooklyn, Other Half Brewing, decided to do something about it. Its three founders, Sam Richardson, Matt Monahan, and Andrew Berman, created a new beer named Altogether IPA. 100% of its proceeds are donated to the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation, an advocacy nonprofit created by and for restaurant workers. So... It's a charitable beer, but that's not even the best part. Other Half has made this beer a worldwide collaboration. They made the recipe open source, sharing it online at altogether.beer, so anyone could make it and in turn raise money on their own. That was less than a month ago. Now, through the wonders of the internet, Altogether IPA is being made by 636 independent breweries across 41 states and 41 countries. It's being made by breweries in San Diego, Sheboygan, Montreal, Kyoto, Moscow, Min City, Jalisco, Barcelona, Bristol, Buenos Aires, Belarus, Belfast, and on and on and on. These 600 other breweries are putting aside ego and competitive spirit with the common goal of supporting hospitality workers. And that, my friends, is nothing short of extraordinary. And now, to discuss it all, we have other half Sam Richardson and Andrew Berman. So Sam, tell me, like, when when did you come up with it? How many days after you were picking up beer from the same bars you had just delivered to, did you start thinking about this? I would say about a weekend, we started really thinking about the idea of what we could do to help out. And one of our strengths as a, as a brewery is um, community. We have a strong community around our brewery. So we just started, we thought we'd reach out to some of our closest friends in the business and see if they wanted to, to work on this project. Um, and then once we got some yeses from people that they were really interested in it, it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, and part of that was to get people uh, that we knew they would have far reach to engage in the project. And then once once people saw them doing it, it would it would help us move it forward without us having to reach out to every single brewery. The whole thing the whole thing comes out of community, basically. Like beer is about craft beer is about community, um, and really hospitality workers are part of that. So tell me, how many how many breweries are you working with? We're, as of today, we're at 636 breweries from 41 states, 41 countries. I think somebody from every continent, except for maybe Africa at this point. It's just unbelievable. Um, what would you just, what do you want to say to people that are watching? It's an opportunity. It's not necessarily a great opportunity, but it's an opportunity to do what we have to do. When we were talking before, it's just about the silver lining that the, um, opportunities in this culture and this landscape right now are there um whether you're 
you know, a bartender or an out of work delivery guy, there's, there's opportunity and it's about seeing the silver lining and, 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 and figuring out what, what is happening next. And that's, that was the hardest part for us. And I think this beer sort of signifies that, that there will be a revival. There will be a next thing for this. And you sort of have to take a second, take, take stock of what you have and, and then move forward with it. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Will. Thanks, guys. And I really mean it. There's so much to celebrate there. Obviously, the generosity, but for me, more so, it's the pursuit of community. In an industry that's so vehemently independent, the silver lining of this crisis is how many people have been so encouraged to come together as a community. It's a really beautiful thing, something I hope we don't lose focus of when we get to the other side of this. Okay, and now to our weekly segment, Tidbits That'll Make You Smile, with our field correspondent and my better half, Christina Tozzi. Take it away. Tidbit, happy little tidbit, tidbit, and just a happy little tidbit, tidbit, that'll make you happy. Thanks, Will. Y'all, welcome back to another segment of Tidbits That'll Make You Smile. So, there's one thing I learned, it's that good news is all around us. All you gotta do is ask. Y'all had some incredible stories that you shared with us last week. And so, in the spirit of smiling, I thought it would be really fun to have some of my friends share some tidbits with you. Marcus, over to you. Thanks, Christina. Um, The two things that made me smile during this horrible time had actually been, I'm really inspired by the crew, my team, that has come and really every day served at this point, up to 17,000 meals for the most neediest in Harlem. And the way they do it, they dance, they smile, they work their butts off. But that has been super inspirational. And also, we've had a lot of fun doing it, and it's been important work. So at the toughest moment, it's probably one of the proudest moments for me as a chef at Red Rooster, and it makes me smile. The second thing, with all this extra time, I've been able to teach my son Cyan how to bike. We're not quite there yet, but, you know, we're making progress. And I realized, you know, when you work so hard the way we do in the hospitality industry, I don't spend enough time with my family. And I just love to have had this opportunity to be with Zion and my family. And then he makes me smile. So now those are my two things that make me smile. Back to you, Christina. I love that, Marcus. Butter, what do you think? Is it time for you to learn how to ride a bike? Yeah? I don't know about that, but I'll tell you what, I'd be pedaling alongside Zion with you too. All right, time to pass it over to Roy Choi. Uncle Roy, what you up to? Thank you, Christina. I'm Roy Choi, out here reporting from the streets of LA. You know, it's been real tough out here for us, for everyone in the food and beverage and street vending, bar industries. But uh, the two things that I've been kind of keeping me going and making me happy is my team right behind me. They know how tough it is, and, like, they were like, yo, chef, we got your back. You know, they were real positive about everything. They understand, and they give me the fuel to be able to continue to try to lead for them. So their smiles really pump me up. Also, we've been giving a lot of donations away of free food, and to see the smiles on the on the hospital frontline faces and the folks that have been out of work uh, just really warms my heart. So that's what's up, man. Back to you, Christina. I love that. 
Thanks to my field correspondents this week for bringing some pretty incredible smiles to my face with their stories of what they're going through right now. And for all of you out there, keep those tasty tidbits coming. I need more. And now it's time to hand it over to Ben Leventhal for another segment of This Week in Jose. Here comes the week in Jose. Everything is okay. Because it's a week in Jose. Okay, welcome back to This Week in Jose. If you're like me and you set up a commissary kitchen in the middle of a Major League Baseball stadium and cafe tents in the middle of Central Park for relief workers and operations in half a dozen other cities, if you're like me the week after that, you sleep in. Chef Jose Andres, of course, is not like you and me. And so let's look at what he did this week. He starts with a shout out from Barack Obama. We owe a profound debt of gratitude to all the people working on the front lines. Today, I'll be sharing the story of one of those leaders on the front lines, my friend at Chef Jose Andres. Chef Jose Andres says, um, all other celebrities in the world, I see your Instagram live videos and I raise you a shout out from former president and world leader Barack Obama. And we're off. Um, next up this week, and you know, this one kind of feels like a throwaway, like Chef Jose Andres on Thursday got up, he had his coffee, he looks at his calendar, he's got two hours to spare before he starts opening up soup kitchens again. And he says, I'm going to open a free farmer's market in Brooklyn today and give away 650 bags of free food, because that's what he did do um, this week, just as a throwaway. Um, the big news out of Chef Jose Andres' camp this week, um, and this is real, is that he's donating a million meals um, to uh, family seniors, healthcare workers, uh, but that's really not the crux of it. He's purchasing those meals from small restaurants. So he's connecting these dots that we know need to be connected. And in all seriousness, this is a massive announcement and a massive idea. A million meals is a lot of meals. World Central Kitchen is now active in dozens of cities. It says they are providing 160,000 fresh meals per day. Dayenu. Dayenu. But not for Chef Jose Andres, not enough. It would not be enough for Chef Jose Andres because when he's done with all that, he sits back, he reflects, and he says, you know what, my daughters, my daughters need to know how to make an omelet. So he calls up Chef Jacques Papin, legend Chef Jacques Papin, and asks Chef if he could just hop into the Zoom and teach his daughters how to make an omelet, which of course Chef Pepin does. <laughs> Chef Jose Andres, keep fighting the good fight, brother. We love you. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Thank you, Ben. Incredible, <laughs> as always. Well, that does it for us. Uh, thanks for tuning in again and for giving me another reason to shave. We'll see you again next week here at Weekly Specials. Thank you for tuning in and hope you'll join us again next week on Weekly Specials. The show is produced by the team at the Welcome Conference and our production partners at Resi. And thank you to our longtime partners at American Express and Sam Pellegrino for their unwavering support. During a time when we're not able to come together in person, their support allows us to connect with you here. Want to stay in touch or learn more? Visit us at welcomeconference.org or on Instagram at Welcome Conference.
It's the weekly specials. Doop doop doodle doop. Weekly specials. Good news coming at you. The weekly specials. Doop doop doodle doop doop. Weekly specials. Good news coming at you.